Hello everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of Video Game Realist, your weekly dose of gaming chit-chat amongst friends. My name is Cameron and I'm going to be your unfortunate host for this week. Unfortunate host. Oh no. And with me, I have Delvin. Hi. And I have James. Hello. And we have Michael, sir, not appearing in this film. He's not here. Sad face. He's missing out because we have a fantastic episode for you guys this week. If I may, an important episode. Very important. We're but talking about social injustice again. Yay! Yay! No, it's like super serious, guys. <laughs> so you'll remember like a few months ago, we mentioned this back when GDC was on. Mm-hmm. There was a Bioware developer named Manvir Hare. I'm 90% sure I pronounced that right this time. Speaking of racism. And he had a fantastic talk on social injustice uh, towards women, visual minorities, LGBTQ, etc. characters. Sorry if you're pretty, etc. I, I just don't know anymore. I just don't know all I the letters. I, I can't remember all of them. A-A-I-Q-Q-2-S. Yeah, sure. Okay. Not we, love, to, we love all I of didn't them. do it in the right order, but I think that's, that's, I think that's, that's I think all I of them. I think I covered all of them. Yeah. Anyway, so he had a fantastic talk on this topic, and it was very well received by the people who were there. He got a like couple minute long standing ovation. It's pretty neat. And then it was picked up by gaming journalism after, and for the most part, it was good. Good conversations were had mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Of course, there was some dick bags on the internet, but dick bags on the internet will be dick bags. Haters mm-hmm. be hating. Um, so before we get into, oh, right, uh, we'll have a link to the talk in the show notes. Yes, so absolutely. I highly so recommend it. It's like a must watch for... It's like the episode companion. It really is. So you know exactly kind of what we're talking about. And yeah, it is, it is like an hour long, but... It's worth it. Yeah. You know what we should have done for this episode? We're not, because it's a lot of work, is we should be watching it and then pausing it at certain points, and then in our show notes, we will have, okay, pause Manveer's talk at this point, point. <laughs> and we'll have commentary. <laughs> True. That would be really cool. But that's yeah. a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and you know you can't expect that no. out of us. I mean, come <laughs> on. No. Yeah. We're budget bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Although, funny, one person commented on um, our... Uh, Twitter saying how we had listened to episode zero and seen how we had grown. And I was like, yeah, episode zero is kind of like the first episode of The View. Basic. <laughs> we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. Anyways. <laughs> All right. So before we get into this, just a bit of disclaimer. The same disclaimer that Manveer had in his. Mm-hmm. We will be talking about characters or plot devices in games that we love that may not be great representation of what they could be. This does not mean that we don't like these games or these games are wrong or mm-hmm. racist or all of that. It just means that we should be talking about it so we can do better in the future. Uh, any other disclaimers we need to do? Except for me. If I, if I, if I mention a game, it's because, yes, I think everybody associated with that game is racist, including <laughs> me for playing it. So The views and um, opinions <laughs> expressed by James are not reflective of those of Video Game Realness or its parent company. <laughs> or any of its subsidiaries. Or any of its subsidiaries, I'm yes. Kidding. Do we have any? I feel like we really yeah, should. We have, like, three subsidiaries. We... Yeah. I think <laughs> GE is one of our subsidiaries. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. Uh, so getting right into this, just going to have an initial talk about mm. characters that we've seen in recent games that mm-hmm. actually are visual minorities, etc. Um, when we look at the top, what was it in his top, the top 40? 
It was the top 50 Metacritic games. Right. For 2013. For 2013. And it came to something like, just under 50% actually let you play as either a black character, a woman, or... Uh, I guess a gay character. I don't think any of no, them. No, no, no. no, no, no notably, none of them have. Yeah. So that number on its own seems pretty okay, but when you yeah. actually stop and look at it, it ends up being like something like four characters were black, and all of them were terrible stereotypes. Yeah. Two, three. It was three were women. Mm-hmm. None were gay, and one Saints Row Four, the paragon of social virtue. Mm-hmm. Allowed you to play as a transgender person right. at any point in their transition. Thank you, Saints Row 4, for pushing the envelope forward. And yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it's known for. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly what it's Pushing the social envelope. Yep, yep. On the left. In, in a very positive way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think that's what they were aiming for, but you know. No, no. I think they were just like, you know, we're just going to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's cool. So, aside from, like, in, in those we saw Laura Croft, who is, of course, being a gaming icon for better or for worse, depending at what point in her series. Yeah. Whether she is a horrible stereotype or an interesting stereotype, or, oh, sorry, an interesting character granted, kind of driven by rape sub- subplots kind of thing, which a lot of female characters, unfortunately, fall into. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, well, with the last one, I never played it, but one of the big things is that as she goes, one of her big character moments is some guy tries to force himself on her and she... She fights back. Yeah, which is great, but at the same time, it's something that's been done a lot. It's It's so tired. It's the cop-out, let's have a strong female character. She's only strong because she... Got well, out of yeah. a rape, or she continued on with her life because of it's yeah. still really lazy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say though that you know Tomb Raider when it first came out mm-hmm. initially was just uh, for its time when it came out on PlayStation mm-hmm. was good because it was like you know a female lead character wasn't mainly aimed as to be that that, that sexualized character. But then as the sequels came out, and then, of course, what really probably did it in was the movie that came out. Which, I'm not going to lie, I love those movies. They're no, so terrible. Yeah, wrong, but, but, be, but, but because yeah, it's Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Exactly. Yeah. Being yeah. Angelina Jolie, you know, that kind of really sexualized the character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then made it more kind of about, ooh, she's like a femme fatale, and she's, you know, kind of took it in a different direction. Yeah. Than probably... I, and... You know, when it first came out, it probably didn't really have that agenda of we need to make like a a game where the character is a female lead. I don't know if that was why the game was created. It was probably just oh, she just happens to be a female. Right. Oh, in Tomb Raider. Oh, you mean the original? In Tomb Raider, in like 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 the very first Tomb Raider for PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because when you look at like social, like when we think of like social justice Mm -hmm. and gaming, you know. That's something that's more prevalent now. Back then, it was just kind of like, bake whatever you want, and no one really focused on what is missing and mm. what needs to be represented. So, I don't know if that was probably their focus back then. But yeah, anyways. I don't know. Uh, well, while we're on the topic of women in games, how about we talk about, in my opinion, probably the worst example of a woman in game, Princess Peach. I'm sorry, yeah. but... I, they yeah. have not made any effort in the however long she's been around, like 20 years now? 
Oh. Unless you count her with Pauline, in which case she's well, she's been, been around, around since 1985, so it would have been yeah, so it's almost 30 years. Almost 30 years. Yeah. I, I don't feel like they really made any effort to evolve her character beyond. Oh, Mario, come eat my cake. That's yeah. so weird. She's, <laughs> she's always the damsel in distress. Yeah. yeah. So, which on its own is again for female characters such a freaking tired trope that <laughs> yeah, as yeah. a gay guy I don't care girl just pick your dress up and get out of there and and yeah again this goes back to again what I said before you know back then you made characters mm-hmm. and games it was just like whatever and at the time it was just you know a cute charming story yeah. princess needs to be saved here comes Mario to save her whatever and yeah they really haven't tried to evolve her character and then what made it worse is Super Princess Peach. Oh god. Which <laughs> took the character and instead of making her into a character that could have been something a lot more, they made it about she uses her emotions as powers. Uh, she cries, she gets angry, she gets sad. Like And then she has like this weird like content emotion yeah, that no yeah. one could actually figure out. Uh-huh. What it was. A little unsettling, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you have, but, and then you have other characters, such as Rosalina. Yeah, on the, op, like, who, and this, he, Manvir did mention Rosalina as a negative stereotype, but I think we could all agree that it, it, she looks on the surface like she would be. She's dressed in a long flowing gown. Yeah. She's got the angry bob. With the weave in the back, and I think the angry a... bob is, is is probably <laughs> probably a typical of a, a traditional female. She's got a wand and stuff, but when you actually get past that, like there's more to her character than that. Well, because she's god of the fucking universe. Yeah, yeah she's basically she's, god. she's basically god. Is yeah, what Rosalina. Yeah, and she right. doesn't need any saving at any point. Mm-hmm, she's no. she's an independent woman who don't need no plumber to come save her ass. She needed a bit of help, but who doesn't every now and then? Well, yeah, there yeah. you go. I mean, Princess Peach did get a little bit of a different storyline in Super Mario RPG. True, where she was playable. Uh... And so her character went a sort of a different way. I mean, initially you went to go save her, mm-hmm. but then you go to save her, and then things change from there forward. But yeah, no, spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> Let's be honest. That game has been out for so goddamn long. Yeah. Haven't. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it would be nice to see that change, of course. Yeah. I don't know if it's a her character needs to grow, not through a stupid rape scene. Um, I don't. Oh, no, but, that I mean, mean, that's the other problem, right? Like Mario characters aren't really—they're not. They don't to grow. Yeah, I mean, no, exactly. I, They've I, pretty much been the same. I struggle to. No. Yeah. I mean, as a result of their characters not being very te- deep, in mm-hmm. some ways, you would also hope that when people engage in a Mario game, they don't really think that that is what society. Yeah. Is yeah. because I, not that I'm saying like little cues don't skew mm-hmm. people to to, mm-hmm. to pick up certain. Habits mm-hmm. like you know gendered clothing, gendered colors, like that's all from small cues, right? And people pick that up, but it's it's significantly different than let's say you know like a, a scene that's based in realism, like mm-hmm. you know torture scenes or rape scenes, mm-hmm. or that like that's very aggressive, yeah. I would say. Well, one thing I think that's from what was also mentioned in the video when these things are constantly reinforced, especially amongst children, mm-hmm. they will tend to adapt those things without even really knowing why they're adapting yes. these things. Yes. So I remember in the video they talked about the they had like a 
experiment where they put a child, uh, like a black child, yeah. and put like two dolls in front of it. One was a black doll, one was a white doll, and instinctively, the, all the kids picked up the white doll as opposed to picking up because. For some reason, among society or views, it's viewed as, like, you know, black as evil or bad or, or whatever. So it's more associated to adapt to, like, the white doll. Mm-hmm. So if we, if kids are looking at these, you know, games, such as Mario, for instance, where the woman is always the one being saved and things yeah. like that, you, we can look at it now as adults and say, you know, whatever, it's just a charming whatever. But if these things kind of get reinforced over and over. Mm. Is that a good thing? Mm. So, how does that? What, what do you guys think of? Um, since we're sort of on the topic of sex and, and I guess gender to a certain extent, Lightning, she's sort of the mo- one of the recent female protagonists. We had to play her for like three effing games, so yeah. like two and a half. <laughs> Let's um, be honest: the amount of Lightning you had to play in Lightning Returns made up for the half. I think right. It, it was, yeah. Yeah. In, in, in X two, <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, thirteen two. Yeah. But I mean, she wasn't incredibly sexualized no, I would no. say and you know until she, they got to Lightning Returns when she had her like bazillion outfits but that, of course yeah, that, that was, was like fan service exactly and some so. of those outfits were very not sexualized so no yeah. I, I, I I never got very deep into her story so I don't really know what her motivations were but right. she seems on the surface like a, a positive female character I would think so too I mean some people Beyond say she was a bit boring. thin which I, I guess I could see but like thin character wise or like physically thin mm. well I mean but her boobs aren't that big either so no she was true. like proportionally thin yeah I mean you can't win every battle right no we yeah. can't we can't make her different and make her regular size or plus size and like we can't just hit every Mark and like one go, yeah, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, we can't have one character be our okay. We fixed games now. Look, yes, we yeah, did yeah, this. Yeah, okay. here's lightning. No. She's plus size. She's this. She's this. She's this. Boom. Here yeah. you go. Leave lesbian us alone. tendencies. It's all good. No, no yeah, right. No, no, it was Fang who had the lesbian tendencies. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, actually, despite how much I disliked that game. Um, I found lightning to be a very interesting intro- introduction into um, into the games, sort of the game spaces, including Saz. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually found him a very interesting introduction into yeah. the game space. Mm-hmm. They did bring him up as one of the stereotypical black yeah, characters, as the the black guy. Yeah, which, on the surface, again, this seems more like it's on the surface thing. He's got the fro, he's got the shit sticking out of his hair. Yeah, but, but it didn't really. To me, personally, as Velvet's someone black. who's black, <laughs> <laughs> just, just as a heads up, just as an FYI, um, I didn't find him to be as a stereotypical black person. Okay, he had an afro, but... But beyond that. I mean, whatever. Like he, And he also subverted one of the main tropes that you get with black characters in video games and movies in that they're either they are a father who has abandoned their child mm-hmm. or they're a kid who has lost their father figure. Mass Effect. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we'll get to that. With him, his whole main main driving force in that story is to save his child. Right. So, yeah, yeah I, I think he's a great character who was attacked by a pair of lesbians. So back to Mass Effect, and this, I mm. think that Bioware has done a fantastic job uh, with social injustice in their games mm. and avoiding it and pushing new boundaries with their games. But I will agree. Uh, uh, what's his name? Jacob is not a great example of that. It, he is, for the most part, he avoids some of the stereotypes that a black character would. He's not a thug. He's not against the law. He's actually very protective, mm. and that comes through with his like character attributes and all that. But 
he's got the daddy issues where his dad fucked off to go create a colony of whores. And, oh. It was just really str- I was like, yeah. why this character? Yeah, and... Why him? Beyond that, spoiler... Black. <laughs> spoiler alert for Mass Effect 3, it's minor. Um, he is the only love interest that is a possible love interest that will actually go and find somebody else without uh, while you're in jail kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So he'll cheat on you. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's, he's the only character that would cheat on you. He is you. the only one. Because his dad has had a colony of, yeah. of, of women. Yeah. Or people. Um, well... It's, but let's not focus on you know just the one negative thing. No, because, because Mass Effect as a game mm-hmm. is done a lot. Yeah, well, at least in my opinion, I know obviously yeah. in your opinion, Cameron, because um, you played it a lot more than anyone here <laughs> on this panel. Yeah. But I mean, no, exactly. And going off the positive, I think uh, Steve Cortez, the solely gay. Uh, romance option in Mass Effect 3 is fantastic. He's black, he's got Latino origins, mm-hmm. he's gay, he's like hitting all minorities that you could. Temporary foreign worker. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Just, yeah. Just hit all those marks. Yeah. One at a time. And at the same time, he's a very interesting character that I, I'm I like just talking to in the game. But not only that, too, you also have the you in the game, you have the uh, option to explore those options. You have the ability to Mm. be... Okay, starting from the beginning. You have the ability to be a man or a woman, Mm -hmm. for starters. So that right there is, you know, groundbreaking. Yeah. And that they made the game in a way that it plays... Pretty much the same. Pretty much the same for both male or female. It's not like, okay, you're playing the female, so now it's kind of a different storyline where, you know... You get a pink spaceship. You get a pink spaceship, or she gets raped first, and then you have to go save a Oh my god, yeah, yeah, I know. You know what I mean, though, right? They didn't didn't change the story in any way. They made it very much the same and made it very interchangeable. You have the ability for romance options, and you have the option to be able to romance male or female, whatever. Mm -hmm. Isn't there an option even for, like, aliens? Oh, yeah, lots of aliens. Right? So that you're like... (laughs) Where they actually say, if you try physically boning this character, you might both die. So, you know, just, like... Kind of like a rogue thing. Snuggle a bit (laughs) instead. (laughs) So, yeah. Just use your hands. Um, Yeah, but the the sexuality, quote-unquote, choices only came in into the second game. Was that right? Well, for female characters from the beginning, there there was a... "Quote unquote lesbian option. Right. It's a monogendered spe- species that they're all women. Blah blah blah. Beautiful blue ladies. Yeah. wasn't super. Right. It wasn't really hard hitting. It was kind of just okay. It's a pretty blue alien right. that anyone can yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, I think at one point in development they had considered doing Caden in the first game as a mm-hmm. bisexual option, but mm-hmm. that was either cut or they decided better of it. Mm-hmm. But then by the third game, you can now as a dude bone Caden. Yeah, I was just, <laughs> I'm just wondering how much of that had to do with like the years moving on in society, particularly yeah. in America, yeah. mm-hmm. like that that became less of a perceived risk. Yeah. I think that by was the really third it. game well, than the first game. Yeah. And I think especially in the West, in North, well, North America, those kinds of issues are more brought to light, I think more so here. Whereas you don't really see you know, Japanese game developers really pushing the envelope that I can think of really... Yeah. I mean, okay, we did talk about Final Fantasy Thirteen and how they did have, you know, that option there with that character... with 
lightning mm-hmm. being you know a different female role model mm-hmm. but I think the conversation is more something being had here in North America mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah, anywhere on the world really but not to say that they no. anywhere else they aren't having it but it's being had here a lot more I would say I, I agree and it's something I can't really speak to I don't play a lot of uh, Japanese games these days are like like why are we finding that they're not like even in their games like everyone tends to be white <laughs> like, yeah. it all looks super Nordic and well, yeah. yeah 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 I remember we had talked about you, um, you mentioned before how like you know Final Fantasy like has like that Europa like oh yeah totally like they even like as Japanese de- and castles yeah and- so even as Japanese developers they tend to skew more towards like fantasy being as like a white populated kind of yeah, yeah. you know kingdom or whatever case may be right. and even. Even just as Japanese developers, you don't see them making many of their characters like Asian, right? Asian you know characters. I remember saying that, but then I also realized that that could just be because a lot of the games that they make that are that are closer to Asian fantasy and of Asian characters aren't brought here. Oh. So, like, there's like Samurai Warriors, True. the Dynasty Warriors, Nobunaga's Ambition, Romance of Three Kingdoms. Like, there's actually a lot. I, now that I think about it, I'm just thinking about it. There's a lot that pulls from Asian history and pulls True. from Chinese, Malaysian. Uh, Korean, like they pull okay. all those characters, and they're all Asian-looking. True. So it, part of it could be just what we get they, to see. Well, that or whomever decides whether or not we would like to buy those games here. That's true. Yeah. So there is some of that. So on that topic of possible, like fully Japanese or like Asian-inspired games, mm. not like perceiving to sell well here, we do have that in other cases of. There was a lot of issue whenever Bioshock Infinite came out where they there was talk. I can't remember who it was, if it was a publisher or if it was just some third party was saying, oh, you can't have Elizabeth on the cover. Games, oh, games with yeah, women on yeah, the cover yeah, don't yeah. sell. You have to have your really? white male thing? with dark hair and stubble. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't remember the exact uh, situation on it, but it was a pretty big conversation at the time and it was a little frustrating. Now, do we think that, okay, so for publishers or whoever it was that made that decision, do you think that it is mostly because the gaming market as a whole, if we were to look at a piece of pie and, and you know, to divvy it up and say who is who in the gaming market, most of the gaming market is male between the ages of 16 and whatever mm-hmm. and white. Yeah. So do you think that it... And straight. And straight. So when they look at the pie and they say, well, our market is 65% white males, straight. So they figure, okay. We at need... least, or bi-curious. <laughs> or at, least... <laughs> at, at least bi-curious, most straight. Yeah. So do you think that because of what the market is generally as a whole, obviously we know there are much more pieces to the mm-hmm. pie, but the biggest slice of pie still is and probably will be for a long time straight white male gamers. Mm. So, do you think that this might be why we see, you know, cover box choices being made certain ways, character choices being made certain ways? Mm-hmm. I, I think marketing has a huge uh, hand in this, in mm. that we 
I think Tomb Raider is really the only game in recent memory where they've actually put a lot of marketing into promoting a game with mm. a female character as a mm. protagonist. Mm-hmm. Granted, I think they went overboard with it. And yeah. As a result, the it's game like excessive. Didn't. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think one of the reasons why we don't see the like other demographics coming up as much is because they look at those covers and they're like, okay, um, white space marine number thirty four. What's different about this for me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not that you have to see yourself in a character to be actually want to be the, uh, to actually want to play it, but it, it helps not feeling like you're not wanted. Yeah, and that was very much the case with GTA Five, Five, especially for trans characters, where there's three trans characters in the game, and they're mm. like Adam's apples. Whores. Yeah, they were like. It, in or like in in transition or and they were it was it was one of the most offensive depictions what? I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it was more like Rocky horror. Yeah, yeah, transvestite. Yeah, mm-hmm. professor thing. So I mean, Grand Theft Auto is definitely not <laughs> one of the games you want to look at in terms of for Hell representation no. for all. Mm. Hell and no. I and like again, why isn't what? Hold on a sec. Why isn't one of the like you have three main characters? Why why couldn't one of them be a, a woman? Well, like, I'm not saying the game is any worse because it's not a woman, but would it have been any... Like- I think it's really complicated in many situations, because GTA V was a very violent game. Um, I think it's very complicated for many game developers to put women in positions where there is extreme violence enacted mm-hmm. by her, but also to her. To her, and then how like, it would be perceived. Yeah, like, if you're, you know... Like, if you're running... Because if you run around in GTA and you provoke people, they'll, like, beat the shit out of you, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. there is something strange, I think, that is very hard to navigate in this justice way that... Like, what if people started running around as a female character, provoked people, and filmed her just getting her sh- the shit beat out of her and put it on YouTube and wrote LOL? That is actually... That's very right? good. Right? Like and then you can't be in a position where you say, well, then, if you put female characters in that game, then they can't be beaten up, or there's, like, a certain limit yeah. to which they could be beaten up, because then it's a scale of abuse, which, what is okay versus what isn't okay, and, you know, then, quote-unquote, equity in that scenario. So... I mean, I don't think in their heads they were like, let's put a female in here, and they said, oh, it's too complicated, let's not. Like, I don't think that was decision number one. No, I think, but it... But I think... Somewhere like, along I the line. I don't know the answer to that. No, right? none of us will. Like, how to implement a female protagonist in a GTA game? I don't know. I don't think it's... I think a lot... Unfortunately, still, you know, it comes back to the market that GTA really appeals to. Yeah. And... Personally, I don't really care for the GTA games. You know, I don't really care for how the game, especially, like, black people in the game, are just not represented the best in the game. So I don't personally really care for the game, especially Mm -hmm. GTA V. But who the game does cater to, you know, that they eat that shit up, right? And they probably don't want to see a a woman in the game, unfortunately. And that's probably, you know... how do we change that? How will that will that mentality change? Yeah, I mean, of course, video games is just one part of a much larger, you know, media system mm-hmm. and a larger political system and culture system. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, everything sort of needs to not move at the same time, but everything needs to move forward, and it all kind of pulls and pushes on each other yeah. in order to get to a place where you could put, you know, a female character front and center on a box, yeah. you know, wearing like a. Like a jumpsuit, no one would care. Well, you know? that, 
Hold on. Portal. Who? Gra- Portal. The game's Portal. If you think about it, that's like the most... like. Yeah, but you never see her. You never you don't do, even you know, know who you are. I will say, no, beyond... like, If you actually stop and think about it, like that is... Uh, like, woman on woman, that, that's it. There's... Until you get into Portal 2 when they introduce, like, Wheatley and stuff. It's... Yeah. Uh, that's a... I never thought... I never thought about that till right now when you said jumpsuit. No? Yeah. Like, oh. It's <laughs> a bit of a... That's... It's like a... I don't know what to call it. It's interesting. It's interesting, but I feel but like... they it, were never... Like, Chella's never sold as that. No, like, and she's a bit soulless as a character. And people, pretty much. People give her the powers and the ideas that they think she would... Hold, mm. but it's kind of like Japanese in that game, in, in that sense, where sometimes instead of having to deal with the challenges, they just create a separate world where they're isolated from real social systems right. and say, "Oh, this is just a person that exists." You know, there's there's nothing right, to, like know. Animal Crossing. Yeah, oh, which yeah. is designed, you know, developed mainly by females, and it's it's you know, it's not very prejudiced in any way because it removes it from the real yeah. world, or like a stuffed animal with yeah. like crazy colors. But yeah, again, it removes it from the real world to avoid those sort of you know, gendered issues and sex issues and that sort of thing. So, and yeah, and so. I think I think Nintendo as a company is notorious for that. For just, you know, kind of avoiding the the issue mm-hmm. by just Creating something, creating new atmospheres, yeah, creating right. a place where, where it just can't exist, exactly. and, it, and it wouldn't matter in, in in some ways because there's only eight people in the Mushroom Kingdom, as as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right, right. So some of them are dinosaurs, some of them are mushrooms, like, and they don't really engage in much except like have tea, exactly. So I need cake. Yeah, and in that sort of world, you know, <laughs> well, let's be honest, no one's ever had a well. I guess Bowser somehow had babies, but I don't know, yeah, he, he laid an egg or something like that, probably. Yeah. Yeah, but there's no there's no place to have that conversation in Nintendo games, so they really avoided it until though when they when Tomodachi Life. Hey guys, Cameron here, coming to you from the future or the past or whatever. I just wanted to let you guys know that unfortunately we recorded this episode a few days before Tomodachi Gate happened. So in this episode, we don't get a chance to talk about Nintendo's statement regarding the lack of gay options in Tamadachi life, nor their apology that came afterwards. But we will do our best to talk about it in a future episode. Anyway, back to this one. It is now coming out. And, well, it's been out in Japan. And then there were the issues surrounding the gay relationships and how they had to remove it because it was a glitch and stuff like that. So that's the only advertisement they've really had to deal with that issue because they're giving you that choice in the game so it only I think these conversations only really start to come up when they're games where you have that choice to make where you are have the the option to make choices to to represent yourself Mm. in a game Mm. such as like Mass Effect Mm. such Mm. as like in Grand Theft Auto where you're making choices and... You, when it becomes more active. Like, it's right. more active narrative. Yeah. And that's when I think this, these conversations really started to come out. When the games started to go in that direction more, and then people started to feel, well, I'm not represented in these games. Where these choices are not choices that I would make as an Asian man, or as a Latino woman, or as a gay man, or as whatever, yeah. you know? yeah. So that's when these conversations, I feel, started to really start happening is when these games started to, you know, evolve and let you have these open-ended right. choices. Yeah. And then it's like, well, wait. 
Yeah. It's a good thing. MMOs in particular, because MMOs, I feel like, are one of the most active games out there. Mm -hmm. You really have to, like, people identify with their characters very closely, Mm -hmm. because you get to choose the clothes, the hair, the world, the the voice, the face, the color. You can be black, you can be white, you can be, I don't know. Elf boy. Elf boy, you can be an animal, you can be whatever. Some weird tree thing. Um, But MMOs have, I think, have had to face the question of same-sex marriage and same-sex relationships probably more frequently than any other um, genre out there, right? One in particular, and this is, in my opinion, one of the poorest points on Bioware is with Star Wars The Old Republic. Yeah. They had said that there would be, because there are romances in that game, you can have romances with your followers and stuff. Unfortunately, all of them are heterosexual. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, don't worry, at some point we'll put in the gay patch or whatever. And it was, it was really... <laughs> I wish I, was I, I don't want to stereotype Well, we're talking about poor stereotypes, but I will say this is Bioware Austin, not one of the Canadian Mm -hmm. Bioware, so Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) It would have been why they were kind of just like, whatever. Yeah, it didn't... They did eventually... Uh, gay patch? Uh, yeah, there was the Rise of the Hut Cartel uh, mini expansion thing, and there was one gay option and one lesbian option, uh, and they were temporary characters. Uh, it was neat. It, so it, it was, was nice. Kind of I there. was like, finally, my guy can get some dick. You know yeah. what? I guess in those cases, you have to kind of celebrate the, the, the victory, small victories. Right? Because yeah. they could have just really said, no. Yeah. And then you don't get that. But it's still, it's still at, at the end of the day, it's like, well, why isn't it just there, you know? Yeah. Because right. it's a choice, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember when Mass Effect 3 was coming out and the whole outrage that people had, well, why is there gay sex in this? This I don't want to see this in my game, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, no one is, no one is forcing this upon you. No, no one is... No one is going to tell you to press A to insert dick or anything like that, you know. And and yeah. I'm going to make a comparison to, like, say, not really quite related, but, like, in Grand Theft Auto, when you had to do the torture scene, <gasps> that was forced upon oh, you. God, yeah. There was no, like, <laughs> skip option or yeah. anything. You know, in Mass Effect, this was, like, an option and... It's, I believe you were saying, Cameron, mm-hmm. you have to go through quite a yeah. story arc. Well, you have change. to romance You have them. to be answering these questions in certain ways for a to good be, like, quarter of the game before you not, even get to the It's not accidental in. gay sex. Yeah. You were searching for dick. <laughs> you got some dick. Then you got angry that you got some dick. Right. <laughs> Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, shut it down, hunty. Right. Shut it down. But... <laughs> <laughs> In these games where you have these choices, I don't get why people were so mad about that Mass Effect sex scene. That's because people get upset about everything. I think there is one instance in which people are mildly, but it's still stupid, justified in that the gay was forced upon them. In in Dragon Age 2, there's a character, Anders, in which he is one of the sole characters in any of these games who will come on to you Mm -hmm. first. It's usually the other way around with uh, Bioware games. And... If you turn him down as a male, he will get kind of pissy with you. Well, so what? And it's like, well, sorry. I'm sure th- let's be honest. Anders is a bit of a dick anyway. <laughs> so you're not missing out with much with him not liking you. I'm sure uh, people get pissy when girls turn them down. So yeah, so I'm not sure why it's... It's fine. You'll you can, live. You can snap the disc in half. It's fine. So one last 
talking point before we take a quick break is right now MOBAs are the hot thing. Like mm-hmm. the most played game in the world, I, I believe, is League of Legends. And let's be honest, women in particular, well, we're not going to get into sexuality because these characters are pretty, like, it's not... Yeah, they're just, they're just they, avatars. Yeah, really. they're, yeah, they're little things. Um, but they are quite sexualized. They the are. Avatars. The women. The like, women. I, I think out of the two that I've played extensively, League of Legends and Smite, I could name two characters that are not super sexualized. Leona, because mm-hmm. she's just full on armor. Granted, she's got a boob plate. Actually, mm, there's a skin where she's like ignoring skins. Okay, fine. Main, main. Skins are always going to be offensive. Okay, yeah, but some of them are fan service skins. Anyway. Right. Okay, yeah. so we're going with main. Okay. Yeah. And aside from her, I, I would say Chunga. I was just gonna say Chunga because she, she's, she's like in her flowy. Yeah, she is. Flowy she's pretty covered up. Tail's not sexualized. Uh, she's in a yeah good point very good point but at some point you, you also want to say like you to not be sexualized you don't have to be in like a bulky ass suit of armor like, yeah <laughs> you right? like, be dressed yeah you you know like, like females should have that choice to dress in, how, yeah. in however they want and not be like oddly proportioned yeah. and sexualized yeah and, like it's it's not a bad thing that some of them are like for instance in Smite I mean Aphrodite has got to look like a fucking slut it's it's but when everyone is wearing high heels, a bra, and like Morgana, some lingerie, I think of I, every time I oh god, every time I play League of Legends, I always like when you used to go in the versus screen and have the five and the five uh, screen, the character avatars, and Morgana's posed in this way where she's kind of like her boobs are just so hyper accentuated, uh, sticking out, and she's just, it's just like oh good lord. But, okay, so you know what bothers me about that is, like, we have women that are so hypersexualized. Okay, fine. Where's the men that are hypersexualized? <laughs> You're like, where's my dick? <laughs> In the same situation. I think there is one that I've played that is pretty sexualized. It's Apollo in Smite. But unlike all the female sexualized characters who are very submissive and, oh, yeah. summoner, hold me, like, fucking Sona, um... Apollo is very dominant. He's like, I'm going to, like, give you the D. I'm going to give you the business. I, like, <laughs> Take it, biatch. Yeah, like, he's very cocky. He's yeah. not no. saying, oh, come come hither. He's like, I'm going to come over there and get it, kind of thing. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm, just just, saying... I'm just saying that in the one instance in which a male is kind of sexualized, he is he's not... He's not like the females. Oh, just a bit Jersey about it all. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's really funny though because when you look, okay, if we're looking at MOBAs, right? You mm-hmm. have your woman characters; they're all like, not all, okay, mostly, yeah. whole, mostly sexualized and whatever. And then you have all the male characters who are like, rawr, rawr justice, big sword, rawr, like super, like yeah. mask musk, okay. <laughs> But like, but very covered, not mm-hmm. not sexualized in any way. Yeah. Well, it's a sport, right? And I mean, this is part of the the challenge I find of navigating esports. It's like sports has a very specific culture behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, except for like the WNBA. Like, let's be honest, that's not like a major sponsored no. sport, right? And it appeals to a very specific, specific. series of emotions and thoughts in an exclusively male audience, mm-hmm. right? A lot of it is. Whose dick is bigger, you know, feeling like the winner mm-hmm. all the time, winning this, winning that, being masculine. And that's fine. 
But then, like, you think of, like, well, what's the point of sexualizing the woman? Well, that's part of feeling masculine and feeling like a winner, right? Like, part of that is, like, the money, the fame, the bitches, the the, the whatever. Yeah. Bitches and hoes and... Right, like, that's part of the culture, right, of... of Not... I, I shouldn't say sport, because if... If you ask a European what sport is, they wouldn't say any of it is that. But the commercialization of sports requires right. North that American sports. people feel that way. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately, I, you see it come out in stuff like MOBAs. Yeah. Right? Because I don't think anybody... It's hard to get a man who is a heterosexual man to play as a sensible conservative woman mm-hmm. in a game. Because you would only ever play as a woman because you want to do her. Not because mm-hmm. you identify with that female in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Right? I just think it's something that they've got to try so that yeah, they, they've, uh, yeah. Got the, they've got all these they've got all these heterosexual teenage men yeah let's start bringing in like women's like give them characters that they don't feel ugh well, how's Freya her. dressed because in Freya because in like mythology she's wearing like an effing potato sack so. everyone in Norse mythology is really wearing a Potato, potato sack. sack. But they went with the... She's the goddess of fertility, beauty. They went with the full spectrum of her, not just she's a warrior. So she's dressed... She's not over-sexualized, I would say. Uh, she's wearing an armor bikini. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that. Like, Sorry. She, she moves very like purposefully, and her none of her animations are really... Well, granted, some of her idol animations are really like sex, sexualized. And her voice is she's <laughs> no no she she's very shouty and she's like ordering people around a battlefield, but she's dressed in a chainmail bikini with yeah. fur trim. There's, she's kind of on the line. There's, a, there's always a good balance, which for, is fine. Yeah. Which is why I don't think Freya is a horrible example. I don't like the I kind of almost like the way they did Athena because she's got a full skirt. But it's got a long slit up the one side, and her thighs naked, and she's wearing high heels yeah. while holding a giant spear and shield. It's like you're almost there. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like a, not not Cassandra, Sophia. Yeah, one of Sophia's. Remember her dress with the long skirt with the slit. Yeah, yeah. No, there's ways to do it. Like, so I, it's like it's fine to have like yeah. that's fine. You're on you're on the cusp. Just get some that are. Just, <laughs> Sensible. They should use Chunga my. and Leona cannot hold down a fort. They yeah. can use my Guild Wars character, <laughs> the Duchess of Amethyst. I dream of giant. Yeah, pants. so she's wearing like genie pants right now and a cute little top, but she's like eight feet tall and has a really like deep voice. She's a glamazon female yeah. phenomenon. Okay, uh, so uh, 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 uh. I have a question that's uh-huh. not on here, but it was relating to what James you just said about. Males and who they play in in, oh. char- in games and playing a conservative. Thought you were going to ask me about my Duchess character. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe I'll ask you that in now playing. <laughs> but as gays, I oh. think it's fair to say, uh, stereotypically, that we tend to like to play females in games. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Do you think? I, for me, in games in which I don't get the choice of picking the gender, it is just picking the character. I pick the female characters because nine times out of ten, the support type characters are females mm-hmm. because Which the women have it. to protect or help the man do their thing. So that's why I end up playing females. If I'm creating my own character, I very rarely play a female. I usually mm-hmm. play a male because I I like yeah. me personally. I you I've always do. I always. I don't know what it is. I think back to just even playing like fighting games. I always instinctively just picked the female character. Hmm. I, the, the male characters were never like appeal to me. It was just like, oh, Street Fighter Chun Li. 
Oh, King of Fighters, My Shroony. It was just like instinct to just Super Smash Brothers, Zelda, Peach. Yeah, I just Soul always Caliber, Sophia, mm. and Changhua, uh, and I always picked uh, Taki. Yeah. So like, I just I don't know what it is. Like, just yeah. what appeals to just picking the female characters in World of Warcraft. My character was a female for the five or six years that I played World of Warcraft. You know, and what, why do you think that is? That we as gays like. I mean, well, obviously we can't speak for everyone. Because they're not boring. I hate to say it, but like they're a lot of the main male characters. Like, like in WoW. Not only in WoW, but like. Um, um, in the fighting game. Mandavir or whoever, in, in his speech, was saying it's like all the male protagonists, they look the effing same. Yeah. Yes. They have the same effing voice. They're all this strange Clint Eastwood lookalike. But even in fighting games, like, the main balanced character that's a male, like, he's a big muscle guy and he uses his fists. Okay, big deal. That mm-hmm. happens everywhere. Usually the female characters bring a little bit more of, like, a diversity to the game. They bring, well, like, a sass, I like. Well, there's that. <laughs> but I'll also play as male characters in fighting games that have unique mechanics. It's just, like, the standard guy, like, the bulky guy. It's just, like, it's so... Base. Like, it's just so basic and simple. <laughs> and I have no urge to do that in a video game. Yeah. Right. And no, absolutely. Right? I, I definitely play as male characters as well. Yeah. But I just think back to, you know, when it comes to, like, character select time or whatever, it's like usually I will just instinctively go yeah. to right. the female character. Now, I will say, though, <laughs> in some of the later games I've been playing where males, you, you know, have, like, the customization options. Oh, yeah. Some of those are getting a lot better. Oh, yeah. Like, in Final Fantasy fourteen, you can really customize your character and really make them look really good so that I'm kind of picking male characters. <laughs> but just, like, in fighting games and things like that, I notice I've always picked, like, female characters. And a lot of gay people as well, I, when you're playing, like, MMOs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, just running around Proudmoore on, yeah. like, how many people were, like female human <laughs> or female shaman or, or yeah. uh, not shaman Drenai oh I did have a female Drenai you know so yeah. it was just funny yeah, yeah. Uh, alright so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to have a quick discussion on how do we fix this and where do we go from here stay tuned Welcome back, everybody. I hope you had a fantastic break. Mine was mediocre. I got some water. <laughs> I'm eating like an Oreo wafer. It's pretty awesome. This is the, it's one of those Wortman cookies. Isn't Wortman? It? Yeah, Wortman. Wortman. <laughs> How many umlauts is in that? None, actually. That's in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the accent. You're welcome. All right, so to round off our talk on social injustice in games, uh, we what? use like racist accents. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. All right, so how do we fix this? Where do we go from here? Well, we don't use racist accents yeah. when discussing and talking about cookies. That's a good start. Yeah, number one, done. Off my list of improvements. 
We talked a bit about uh, including characters in games that are less stereotypes and more inviting to char- people who are women, blah, 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 blah the whole list. Uh, some other issue, uh, ideas that Manveer brought up in his talk, one was uh, like creating games in which you actually address things that uh, minorities have to deal with. Uh, for example, he had said, playing as a gay commander in a war game in which you have to earn the respect of your squad because they're a little gross. And then at the end of the game, everything's okay and it's all cool. Uh, I think that's an interesting thing. I don't think every game needs to do that every time they include a gay character or if it's they have a black character in it, they don't have to have him walk into a grocery store and everyone stares at him funny. Like... No, that's not the only option. Awesome. But I think where indie games come in, this is a very good uh, route to take. In that, it's more than just creating this AAA experience. You're trying to create like a, a social Single commentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, And I think indie games are going to be what really pushes these pushes the envelope because yep. I think indie games generally take more risk because they're low lower in cost. Mm-hmm. Um, we have games such as um, where they talked about Papers, Please. Yes. Where it's an indie game and it where you're a, what do they call those people? Immigration like, officer? Yeah. yeah. And you have to decide who comes into the country and who doesn't and how your, you know, previous, you know, racial um, hangups or whatever come into play yeah. when you're making choices as yep. to who comes in and who you say yes, who you say no to, who you stop for inspection and mm. stuff like that. So that's a perfect example right there of yep. how an indie game is, you know, pushing that envelope. And I think more, I think more as gaming continues to go forward, especially in this upcoming generation, where development costs are extremely high. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see, you're going to continue to see more games that are going to be safe coming from the big publishers, I think, because they don't want to take those big risks. And I think when it comes to taking risks on games, you're going to see it done in the in the indie space. Yeah. Also, such as like Child of Light, mm-hmm. Child of Light being the, a female lead as the, in the game. You're gonna, I think you're going to see that more happen in an indie game as opposed to your AAA titles going yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah. Aside from like Mass Effect. Yeah, and on the topic of Mass Effect, I think this is where we get into the other sort of solution, quote unquote, to this, is to create sort of these utopian worlds in which hmm. color sexual orientation doesn't actually matter. If you look at Mass Effect, that's very much the case where you've... Well, there's like, racist people in Mass There Effect. are racist people, but they transport that into their racist towards aliens. So you're still able yeah. in those games to have those conversations about but, social injustice, right. but it takes it off of it, like actual people that... Yeah. See, I feel, I feel strange about this because... Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because um, in my work... You know, I work with incredibly, I guess I don't want to say, I, I guess the real world is progressive, mm-hmm. really progressive people. I want to say people who just aren't assholes. And, you know, in that sense, it's like, never really had to declare my sexuality, obviously didn't have to declare my race, because you can look at it. Um, but I don't want to say it's not been a problem, because it's, it's not that it, it wasn't a problem, it's just that it, it things just go on, and, mm-hmm. you know, Tristan comes to me to things, and it just, it's very neutral like yeah. there is no um and, and in my in my opinion like you know you'd want to get to a place i think where 
people are like that. Yeah. You know? And so sometimes when people say, okay, well, if you don't put conflict in a game, now I know conflict is really good as, you know, like a storytelling uh, tool or mm-hmm. something like that, but if you don't put conflict in the, in the game, it's a utopian world. But then to me, it's like, well, no, because I actually just want a world where assholes don't exist. So I don't yeah. know if it's really utopian. Like, Maybe that is. Maybe that there'll is. There'll still be war yeah. and conflict. Yeah. You know, people are still going to get madly on, like, you know, you know, like, they might still steal from grocery stores and mm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't really see, like, not being called a fag in a game is a utopian yeah, world. Yeah, sorry. It was a, no, 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 no. I'm not saying you. I'm saying no. there's some people that are saying that, like, oh, well, we need to put this stuff in because, you know, this is not a utopia. Oh, okay. It's like, no. <laughs> well, actually, there's there's many ways we can go to not create a utopia. Yeah. yeah. And we can, Just, not el- we can eliminate some of this. Like, not every woman has to be dressed in a bikini right. and sexualized or else mm-hmm. we've created a utopian <laughs> world. <Yeah. laughs> like, let's get that straight. So I'm not talking about you specifically. But now people who say, you know, introducing homophobia is just realist. Like, it's making the game real. Mm-hmm. It's like, but that's, that's a reality that you can actively change. So, yeah, we can change yeah. that. And, yeah, I just really think that, it, you know, go, continuing going forward, that it's going to be really difficult for, you know, the big developers to really, you know, take those risks and those options because at the end of the day, it's about making money for the developers and yeah. the publishers. Mm-hmm. And if... If it's deemed a risk, they're not going to want to do it. Yeah, and on top and of not, that, it's more voice work. It's yeah, I was about to say more lighting work to have. So, yeah, I'm not going to have to say. That. I, know. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But let's not go there. Yeah. In my defense, they did have that problem with Mass Effect Three. Yeah. No, but I think what we can do as gamers to be able to fix this is when these games come out, these indie games that are really pushing mm-hmm. the envelope is to really. You know, talk about them, yes. give them a try. You know, if you've if you've tried one of them, recommend it to a friend, have them try it as well, have them play it so that there's support behind these games. And then people see, oh, wow, this game made a lot of money. Well, what was it that people liked about this game? Because I, I feel as though, especially, you know, the big companies are just so narrow-minded when it comes to... It's How? efficiency versus exactly. narrow-mindedness. Well, yeah, saying. sorry. It's narrow- like a collective engine that, that ends up being narrow-minded yeah. because of its pursuit of efficiency. Yeah, I, I, I don't mean narrow-minded in, in the sense of like them themselves. I just in the way that they, yeah, as, uh, the way they look at a business and say how much how it's making money. It's like, yeah, hmm, Call of Duty guns. Straight white males. Well, that must all go together. So let's just keep doing that over and over again, and we can keep making games based with these to fit this category. Yeah. You know, and, and so if I think of with other games uh, pushing the envelope, and you know, whether it be for gay or for race or for there's even a transgender game that um, is out right now, and was oh, fuck, I can't remember. Rob Roberts was talking about it on Orange Laundry. Is it a transgendered game? Yes, I can't remember it right know. now. It's. Is it about? It's a weird. It's a long name. I can't remember. I we'll post it in the show notes okay. if I remember. But these indie games that come out, you know, that's when we need to start talking about them and play them and just expose them to more people. And then when they get more popular, then people will realize there is a market for these type of games, these type of characters, and they do appeal to people. Mm. We just have to rise above the larger piece of the pie. Well, and also people need to say that sometimes things in games aren't okay. Mm -hmm. And that there needs to be... I don't like to use the word solidarity, but there needs to be a conscious effort to say, you know... 
that's not okay. That's not okay. And even if you bought it to then take the action to write to the developer or the company and say, yeah, yeah you might have bought my money, but like this was actually this is not incredibly okay. vulgar and it was not okay to put in the game. There needs to be some pushback. Yeah. There and has to be. There needs to be feedback. Yeah. Right? And every time there's like Anita Sarkeesian who comes out and says that, you know what, this yeah. part of this game that I love isn't okay. Like what we've been doing this whole time, yeah. we need to not throw right right comments at her. Yeah. We all remember that. That was absolutely horrible. You know, and it's it's so unfortunate that the gaming culture in terms of, you know, speaking out against things or trying to fix things or express when you don't like something in a game, it's always the people who are offensive and speak the loudest who are unfortunately being heard the most. Yeah. And if we if we were as regular level-minded people were to write into Rockstar and say, you know what, I was really offended with that torture scene in the game, or I did not like the way that you represented black people in this game, and I really think you should really take an effort to really try and change that in, in future... You know where that letter would go? You know, if you take a positive like approach mm, yeah. to addressing these things... It's not going to be heard. But the, you know, the asshole that says, I don't want fags in my game. Okay, 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 okay. We won't do it. We won't do it again. We won't do it again. Okay. Mm. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like part of this has to do with, I I feel, I think a lot of these vocal people have, and I'm going to use their words, they feel policed in their day-to-day lives Mm -hmm. because they're not allowed to say certain things at work Mm -hmm. anymore. This whole thing about political correctness, which to me is not about correctness. It's about accuracy. Like, just be accurate with what you say because it's scientifically untrue. Anyway, that's my biologist side. (laughs) Um, But I think they feel policed in their day-to-day. And then often with the things they choose to do on their spare time, whether it be reading fiction or playing video games, they expect that, you know, they have that liberty to do whatever they want and say whatever they want Mm -hmm. and type whatever they want. And I think sometimes this sort of, like, backlash, again, it's like the progressive agenda now policing their spare time Mm -hmm. and policing their hobbies. And, like, that's where I see... A lot of this coming from, and it's it's quite difficult to change. I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah, it's going to be hard. But I think just we are making steps in the right direction, mm. you know. And we are seeing games come out with choices, with female characters, with um, gay options. So we are making steps in the right direction. Mm-hmm. We just need to continue to support those games. I mean, I'm not saying just go and throw money at a game because, because it has... No. Because, because if it it's a shit game, game don't support don't it. Support it. <laughs> but, you know, if a, ga- if a game comes out that's good and supports this, then we should really, su- you know, speak out about it and say, hey, we really like this. Please do it again or something like that. You know, send a tweet. You know, these tweets actually do get read. Yeah. I mean, if there's more of... I feel like if there's more positive tweets, more positive mm-hmm. comments about things, it'll start to overshadow all the people being like, I don't want fags in my game or and all that sort mm-hmm. of hate mm-hmm. comment, you mm-hmm. know? Because yeah. developers are people too. And yeah. we, we've talked about how these negative comments and things affect developers, yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. And when you really think about it, you know, I think a lot of the time, you know, people view developers or just anyone that's in a position of power, I guess, mm. to, I guess, generally have that thick skin, like a actor or an actress that's always in the public eye. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people will throw shade or whatever at Justin Bieber, whoever the case may be. Like Mandy Moore. Whoever it is, <laughs> right? You'll, 
we can throw shade at them and, and they have a thick skin. So I guess that same mentality comes to gaming culture where we yeah. can like throw shade and, and throw yeah. slurs and stuff at developers. And then we realize that developers are just regular people yeah. like doing you and I doing their nine to five. And when they see all these tweets and these angry it's difficult it's really difficult if you're not normal if you're not normal sorry if you're not used to that kind of thing as maybe not saying it's okay to do it to celebrities Mm -hmm. but they have a a, you know kind of a generated thick skin for that sort of thing Right, right whereas developers don't so it definitely affects them so having more positive tweets come out and more positive feedback when games do positive things I think will help and go a long way I agree Coming full circle. <laughs> there we go. Well, I think that about wraps up our discussion on social injustice on games. Is there any final thoughts? Anything off the top of your head that we missed? I'm sure there are lots. Sorry, everyone listening. There's probably lots that you want to talk about that we missed out. Please feel free to include it in the comments on our website, on Reddit. Send us a message on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Tweet us. All that social media. Are we on LinkedIn now? I feel like we should be on LinkedIn. <laughs> Maybe. Get some in-mail going, people. Not sure. But, you know, this is a, this conversation is something that, you know, it doesn't stop here. No. I'm sure we may have this conversation again in a different light at a later time because there's so much that can be said about it. I'm sure there's something that we didn't say or that we missed or that we didn't cover or didn't represent. So, you know, it was just only three of us here. So, yeah. you know, if you, if you have something to say, we definitely want to hear it and we'll definitely bring it up on... A future episode. Definitely. Great. All right, so we're just going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to wrap up the episode with our now playings and our shoutouts. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're going to finish off the episode, as we said, with some nail playings. I'll start off because my list is super short. I was, guys, I was so busy this week doing important adult things that I just didn't have time for video games. Drinking. Shut up. Sexual <laughs> intercourse. Shut up. God. Oh, my God. There's a really cute picture of you that one of your friends posted. Oh, oh my God. Fuck. That actually is not a good picture. I look super beat red in that. Is it because uh, you're drunk? Uh, no, actually, I wasn't. I was just like, it was, it was really tight. Oh, God. That, oh, oh. You can't see what I'm... Uh, okay. It was really tight. Oh, okay. All right. right. Jesus. Um, moving on. Wow. Video okay. games I played. You guys, it was just a picture in a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Calm down. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So I played some Guild Wars more. We I don't know if last time we talked if we had already created these characters. I don't know. No, we hadn't made in these the characters past, yet. We had Lady Turquoise and her... Turquoise retainers. <laughs> We've now created new characters <laughs> with the Duchess of Amethyst, <laughs> Lord Amaranthine, and what's what's Phil? Viera Violet. Viera <laughs> Violet. Who is like the basic bitch of the bunch. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's yeah. be honest. We have yeah. like really complicated stush names. Yeah. And he came in like as Meredith Viera. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. Meredith Vieira. <laughs> you should totally change his name to Meredith. That's what I started calling <laughs> him. <laughs> so, like, 
Oh, where's Meredith Vieira? She's late again. She's had her morning show. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. She's, she... <laughs> so that's our... Yeah. And the Duchess of Amethyst barely fit in the uh, in the name. Like, it was Just... one character sh- uh, short of... Uh... Uh overburdening the system so what level are you guys now I need to only jump like in. 16 so yeah. you could get to that like super quick and you probably do you have a level 20 scroll at this point I don't know probably you get them I think if you created a character a year ago like you get a anniversary gift and one of them I think is it Oh, then I probably have it in there. I think that's where you get them. When are you bitches playing? I didn't even... We play, like, every night. We post in that We Facebook play as group. much, as many nights as possible. Sorry, we are well, recording. Well, thanks for the message, guys. Ugh. Too bad I'm too busy playing Hearthstone. Oh, come on. To play Hearthstone <laughs> while you're uh, slash following us. I know, right? Anyway. All right, so there was that, and I've been playing a bit of Smart as usual. They've, they're coming out with a new mode. Yes. Uh, it's in testing right now. It's a Mayan map, and it's... Two lanes, and it's in the way it works. It's a little similar to some of the Heroes of the Storm maps, in that it, it's very quick. It's like a 15-20 minute tops, and there's an objective in the center that once you beat it down, it spawns like a siege unit in your lane, and it pushes down to the other side. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's pretty interesting. It's super in beta though. Like it, it's not very balanced. Like some characters, like Nuwa, who can just push and push. God damn it! All these references. Who can push down lanes very. Uh, Easily, she's mm-hmm. she, from a beginner standpoint. She seems very overpowered. Um, but yeah, the, the the video that was very cool. What was the guy's name? Osiris. No, no, no. The oh. guy who was talking oh. in the video, the cute oh, boy. Yes. We'll, we'll try and remember to include this in the show notes. <laughs> but one of the down. one of the high res employees, uh, high res Max, is absolutely freaking adorable. That kid, he could get it. Mm. He could get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was it for me for games. Perfect. James. Oh, my God. Um, RPG Overload. So oh I finally beat FFX Remastered. Woo! Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't say finally. I'd say that's relatively quick, considering. That is, really, that is relatively but quick. But I stopped playing for a while. Right. Yeah. And so I, and I just pushed through to the end because I was like, I'm tired. Um, because I actually got kind of tired of it. I'm not going to lie. I'm just like, eh. I was like, okay, let's just move on. Yeah, final Aeon, all that sort of shit. Yes, the ending was super sad. Um, and then I'm on to X2 now. And as I was texting I Delvin, the opening to X2 Can is I just it's just mad. Like the fact that that... First of all, it tells nothing about what's actually going on, that opening. That opening is just a music video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you get dumped into the story, and you're like, oh, it's not her, and then all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying X2, and I like the battle system better, because it's much more it's much more active. Yeah. It's faster, and all the music's crazy, and... <laughs> you can dance, and... And, this, and I showed Tristan the uh, <laughs> dress fear change. He had no idea what was going on. <laughs> He was like, Sailor Moon. Well, I know, but yeah. also it was like, because I didn't put on the short animations. So oh, no. Like, he was like, are you attacking right now? I was like, no, it's just a 15 no. second dress change sequence. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that's the best thing ever. Um, Golden Week sale on PSN. So I bought Tales of Symphonia Remastered Ooh. because it's $20 down from 40 mm-hmm. So I bought that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been playing some of that, playing Guild Wars, and then I'm playing Animal Crossing. Tell us about Animal Crossing. Okay, so you guys listen to this. So, (laughs) you know how I told you I lost, like, I so I, the SD card with the original 
Animal Crossing stuff I couldn't find, so I re-downloaded it, but then the new SD card on which I downloaded the second copy didn't have the save, save file, so I had to start from the beginning. But I'm okay with that, because I had bed hair, and I wanted to reset the <laughs> you, Yeah, you needed to get rid of that hair. <laughs> okay, so, get this. So I restarted the game, built some of my town, and then I put it away for like two weeks. Oh no. And I opened it again, and I had bed hair. <laughs> so I reset it again, because I hadn't done anything, really. Right. So I'm on my, like, third Animal Crossing game okay. within a year. Question. How do you just get rid of Bedhead normally? Can you just, like, buy a salon immediately no. when you get in the no. game? No, no. That's just... the problem. You have to do all this shit to get a salon. Ugh. And that's the only way to get rid of it's Bedhead. It's the only way you can get rid of Bedhead. So if you just happen to buy the game and been playing it and you went on vacation for a week and you come back, you get Bedhead it's, and that's it. It's, like, three weeks that you have to not open the game. Oh. Mm. And that was me. So they punish you? It's not really a punishment. Well, if you look busted. Just everybody can tell that you're lazy. <laughs> and not playing the game. Yeah, so, you know. That's yeah. not fun. So anyway, don't worry about it. I bet Kyle has bad head. I reset it again. It's alright, guys. Everything's fine. <laughs> so that's what I've been playing. You need to set a timer on your phone for every two days to just open up and... Like, but I have to play Guild Wars, and I have to play this, and I have to play that, and I have so to be much. an adult, and... Ugh. Mother's hard. Day, and... Ugh. Life's hard. Life's hard. I know. Dylan, what have you been playing? Well, I've been playing quite a bit of video games. <laughs> quite a smattering of video games, actually. Um, it's amazing how much free time you have to play other games when you stop playing League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, really. When you just stop playing League of Legends, you can have all this time to play so many other things. So, I've been playing Diablo 3 um, a lot and been really getting back into it and uh, enjoying that a lot. I really like how they the adventure mode, you know, it's very quick. You can jump in. They made it very easy to just jump into an online game with someone or with your friends, um, especially with the Battle.net app because you can see when your friends come online or whatever yeah. and you see what they're playing and they're like, oh, so-and-so's playing. I'll just quit <laughs> what else I'm playing, which I'll get to in a moment, and then jump into uh, whatever game they're playing and you yeah. can just shoot around mm-hmm. for a bit like a, like they have the Nephilim rifts that you can do yeah, yeah. those take about like what 10-15 minutes and then you have the bounties you can do each bounty takes like 5 minutes mm-hmm. so it's really quick play so you can really get in and get out as opposed to like before yeah I I think it's great I, I realize I think I'm at my end with that game you're like I'm over it yeah it's it's not a bad thing it's, no I, I don't tend to do the grinding with the items. I don't care about loot. Mm-hmm. And I've got to the point where I'm like, oh, I like how my character plays. I'm not working towards a new like way of playing. Mm-hmm. I'm just working on better stats. So at that point, I'm done. But I, like I said, I thought the expansion was great. And I'm so yeah. glad you're still playing it. I've been having fun with it. I'm trying to see like how much more cool legendaries I can get and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I have, like I think, maybe three or four more slots that aren't legendaries. One being a weapon, and oh, that's tough. Yeah, so it's like the big thing that makes an actual difference, right? <laughs> and the problem is finding a weapon that has a gem slot. Oh god, that comes and it's with required it. To have right, it. it's yeah. Because, that, that needs to be fixed, right? Because the problem is when you get a weapon, and if it doesn't have a gem slot, sure, you can reforge one, like. Mm. you know enchant it but then you're having to lose something that's already yeah. there oh. so you have to change one of your stats which then just 
fucks up the weapon altogether, so... Yeah. And then you might as well not eat it. I've ruined it, so many weapons because of that. Exactly. And then the cost of reforging legendaries is ridiculous. So And it's random. You might not get a gem slot. Yeah. So stupid. I don't like that. Yeah. I do not like that. I really don't like I know that. it extends the shelf life and lets you grind for more stuff, but fuck that. No I know. Is. The thing that also is really annoying, so when you want to do a reforge for an amulet or a, a necklace or whatever. Yeah. Amulet or necklace. You have to have the really big gem in uh-huh. order to do it. But you're too expensive. Yeah. So to get one of those gems, it's like... 800,000 gold. It's so dumb. And that's what you just need one of those to get one reforged chance and you might not get the stat you want. So if you want to do it again, you need to spend another $800,000 to get the gem you want and then do it. And that's still not counting the other materials that you already need. Okay, that is crazy. I think that's crazy. Whenever I I did that, I reforged using one of the rubies. Right. And I was like, Oh, you didn't get what I you didn't want. Get anything. I got vit, vit, vit. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I'm out. So, <laughs> I'm if, so I'm pretty much at the point now where if I get an amulet or a necklace and it doesn't come with what I want, I instantly just shard it. Because I, it, there's no point. And you need those those the, the the pieces for other stuff. So I'm like, well, if I get a necklace or whatever, it's instantly getting sharded. That is crazy. And I'm done and I'm yeah, over it. That is crazy. But my other uh, Blizzard addiction, surprisingly, came out of nowhere. Hearthstone I've been playing a lot of. <laughs> like an insane amount of Hearthstone. I don't know where this like all of a sudden came from. But I've been playing it like crazy. And I'm not good at the game still. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It... <laughs> so frustrating. I'll send okay. you some videos. No, okay. <laughs> I know the decks that you need to make and but what you're supposed to yeah. do. The problem is getting those <laughs> decks. Because you have to be good in the first place to get the cards. But to get that... Right. Yeah. So in order to make these decks that are super awesome and mega crazy and you can yeah. win in like five turns, yeah. you need all these... Um, Materials which you get from disenchanting other cards. Well, how do you just get extra cards to disenchant? Well, you need gold in the game in order to do that. Sounds terribly get... similar to what we just talked about in Diablo. Yeah. So you can get gold from doing the daily quest, which usually will give you 40 gold, or sometimes, like today's quest, was win seven times and get 100 gold. So it's not very... E- oh, and after three wins, you get 10 gold. 10 motherfucking gold for winning three times. Anyways, so gold is not very easy to come by, right? Um, So you can buy decks, which will only give you five, no, six cards or five? I thought it was five. Five cards, okay, which if you disenchant, like, say you disenchanted all those, you might get, like, 60 um, mat, what are they called? Uh, Dust dust, or whatever. You might get 60 dust, and most of these decks are at least 1,200 like those are like the cheap decks. Yeah. To that that could help you to win is like twelve hundred <laughs> dust. Right? James is having zero. Of I this. played the demo of this game, like the learning portion, yeah. and then I deleted it off. My <laughs> yeah. So then there's also the arena mode, which you can do for one hundred and fifty gold yeah. or pay a dollar ninety nine. So Ugh. okay, fine. So I tried that, paid my dollar ninety nine because I didn't have enough gold. And I think I thought, oh God, I've bought like five decks and I bought two arena entries. So just like throwing money at Blizzard, fuck you. Anyways, 
So you do the arena, and here's how the arena works. You pick between one of the three classes, yeah. okay, and then it just gives you, like, three cards at a time, and you just keep picking your cards yeah. that you want. It's kind well, of a neat idea. It's a neat idea if you know what the cards <laughs> do, do and which ones that you should pick. Yeah. So the first time I did it, I was just like, well, I'll fucking know what I'm doing. So I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, that card sounds good, that sounds good, that sounds good. I'm picking all these cards that are like high mana. Yeah, I was going to say, so you run up with a whole deck of like six mana cards. Like, so I I get in and I'm like, okay, I'm lo- I lost all three games. <laughs> okay, so then I find a website that like helps you with, you know, building yeah, arena yeah, yeah, yeah. decks. So then you have to spend the time to look up all the cards and see which ones you should pick. I get this crazy deck and then I go in. Well, of course, the bitch playing, bitches I'm playing against already know how to play this game better than I do. <laughs> so I only won two games. Great. I uh, won two. Start. But I'd lost the other ones. Oh. And apparently it's only worth it to do Arena if you yeah. win more than three matches. Yeah. Because it's more beneficial to just spend the gold on decks. Yeah. Anyways, so Sounds I'm... <laughs> yeah, so I'm... like, It's very... At least at the level that I'm playing at, it's very luck-based. Mm. And the reason I say that is because... Depending on what cards you have and what you get, you know, yeah. as your start for your first three cards and then the cards you get after that, mm-hmm. it's very luck-based. If you get control of the board early in the game, you will probably win. If you Pretty don't much. get control of the board and you let the other person overwhelm you, it's over. Yeah. The game is very board control yeah. compared to some other card games. Yeah. So if you're playing a class that doesn't have, you know, like... Abilities to like just clear everything off the screen. So a mage with flame strike, a paladin with consecration, a, a warlock with um, uh, hellfire. hellfire. Mm. And the thing that pisses me off about the warlock class, which I've been playing the most because mm-hmm. of course I fucking love warlocks. The thing that pisses me off about the warlock class the most is a lot of the shit that they do damages themselves, yeah. and you lose cards. So yeah. it's supposed to give you an advantage. To use those cards like early on, so like one of the cards is like a succubus. You can use it's like two mana. You can use it really early and it has four damage. So it's like, oh, this is really good. But then you lose a card, and it's always, always the card that you don't want to lose. <laughs> it's like it knows that you don't want to lose this particular card that you want to use it on your next turn. Oh, you lost it, oh, and so that just frustrates <laughs> me to all Jesus. But anyways. If, you might want to try the Shaman deck then, because it has that same mechanic of putting in low-cost cards that are very big, but instead you just lose a mana crystal for, like, your next turn, mm-hmm. is the overload mechanic. That might... It's a little... It's more like you know what you're getting into whenever you play this risky card, as opposed to, I might... I might lose something. something. Well, what I actually... What class I've been playing a lot of is the Priest. Uh, <laughs> because here's yeah. what happened to me this one time I was playing, <laughs> and I didn't even know this could happen. Okay, so anyway, the priest has a, a couple cards that will let you double the um, the minion's health, yeah, and then make their health their attack the same as their health. Yeah. So I didn't. So here's what's happening. Like okay. A light spawn. <laughs> okay. So I'm playing against. Who was I playing against? I would think I was a mage. Yeah, I was a mage, and I was playing against a priest. So I polymorph their like. Some minion or whatever. And then I just left it there because I was like, oh, whatever. I don't fucking care. This bitch took this fucking sheep, okay? Buffed it to all fucking Jesus and, like, 
gave it like plus 20 health and I was like <laughs> because okay it also has these other cards that give it plus 2 health yeah. so it gave it plus 2 health twice to 5 doubled its health to 10 then doubled its health again <laughs> to 20 then changed its health with its attack and killed me in one shot <laughs> that's amazing I was yeah, like you got killed by a polymorph I got killed by a fucking polymorph <laughs> Whatever. Oh, that's amazing. I was just like, I didn't even know this was a, was possible. <laughs> so that's, that's really another, funny. So that's another thing about the game. You really have to know yeah. what the other classes are capable of, so that you know that okay, if I play this minion and this, and you're playing against a mage, mm-hmm. and they have four mana crystals, mm-hmm. they probably are going to have polymorph. Yeah. You know, yeah. by four, yeah, exactly. by four mana crystals, you know they're going to have polymorph and stuff like that. So yeah, so you do things like trying to bait out that polymorph by playing something that's your second most dangerous. Exactly. Card. Have the polymorph then play your most dangerous. Right. So there's yeah. a lot of that too, which I'm starting to learn yeah. and stuff like that. So, I, and I also like enjoy. I, I like I like playing it too because I can, it, you can do something else and just mm-hmm. play that at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. So I was really enjoying that. Anyways, enough red stone. <laughs> <laughs> I've been catching up on Bravely Default. Been playing that. I got the airship. Now I'm running around and trying to get the Earth Crystal. Yada yada yada. Doing that. Um, Marvel Puzzle Quest is the other game that I've been playing. Is this? It sounds free- like a mobile game. No. Oh uh, really? It's uh, well, I think it, it is actually be, mobile too. But you are playing it on. I'm playing it on Steam. Ah. Free to play. It's your basic three-match game. Um, I actually got the recommended to this. Well, not recommended, but I heard Rob talking about it on Orange Lounge Radio and how he was playing it. So I was like, oh, well, I'll give it a try because it's free. And then I was like, oh, this, this is kind of cool. But I'm really bad at those three-match games. Because <laughs> you know how you're supposed to, like, be able to, like, move pieces so that it, like, causes a ricochet? Yeah. Of, yeah. So oh, yeah, you get the most that. points. I don't have the ability to yeah. foresee that. No, I'm just like, either. oh, these two match. Here you go. <laughs> and if it happens to just cause, like... like yeah. Craziness! Yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. yay, this is awesome. And so that's been interesting to play, and it's it's. I mean, it's just your basic three match game with a Marvel skin mm-hmm. added on, yeah. with like powers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of neat. It's kind of fun to play as here and there. I would recommend it to play if you really like puzzle games and those type of games, mm-hmm. and you really shouldn't play. Candy Crush because Candy Crush is evil. So I would recommend playing this instead if you really want to get your three match fix. There we go. Um, then I was playing Killer Instinct because I like. I mean, hello. I spent all the money for that system, so I've been playing that a lot more. I did. I wasn't playing it for a while, and then a, the problem with not playing that game for a while is that you forget how to play. <laughs> not necessarily that you forget how to play, but when playing a lot online and playing against certain characters. Knowing when to combo break is really important. Yeah. So you 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 learn over time what sh- moves certain what moves look like and when to combo break. And I've forgotten that. Ah. Mm. So like I'm just getting slaughtered. So I'm just like, okay, maybe I'll just practice one player mode. So I was doing that, <laughs> and then I really got bored and decided <laughs> to reinstall Final. Jesus, Fantasy. you've been playing a lot. <laughs> I know. I've been a busy bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't really actually play Final Fantasy fourteen. See, what happened was. I reactivated my account, updated it, entered the world, and then I couldn't remember where to go. What the fuck? Where to go, what to do, and I re- then I remember I really don't like my class. And I was like, oh, well, I, I could always just be another class, because in Final Fantasy XIV, you can just switch. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Which is really great, but the problem is, 
And I don't know if this is something that they've changed. Mm. But when you change classes and say so you decide you want to be something else, a lot of the low-level quests are not repeatable. Mm. So you have a really hard time with being able to catch up in levels. Yeah. Like, you have your class quests, but those are... At only certain intervals mm-hmm. so being able to try and catch up in levels is really difficult when you're trying to mm-hmm. whatever so you have to do a lot of fate grinding which is the fates are the events that happen ah. on the kind of what are they called in guild wars events if, whatever okay <laughs> there are events that happen so you'd have to do a lot of grinding of that and mm. i'm just like ugh, over yeah. it and then i didn't actually end up playing well well good for you good for you <laughs> Money and time well spent. Well, I have it for another 30 days, so I'm definitely going to go back into it. Make a good attempt. Make a good attempt and and try to... to And maybe I've made some changes to the mage since then, because it was just very basic, Mm -hmm. you know? Like calling it... Yeah, the black mage. It's very much like playing a mage in World of Warcraft, where it's just like you cast uh, fire, and then you run out of mana, so you have to cast ice... To regen your mana, because when you in, mm. when you cast ice, you get like a mana buff. You get a mana buff, yeah. and then when you cast fire, you get a damage buff. So you you're flip flopping between so those it's two spells. Sort of like a balanced druid in the switchiness, but yes, yeah. it's like a balanced druid, yeah. but a mage. Nah, it's really not yeah. that exciting. You know, you should just play Guild Wars with us. I know, I probably <laughs> will. Um, but y'all, but just you let me know when you're playing. Okay, we'll let you know. All right. I'm done. That's it. All right. Well, that was a fun episode. Uh, As we close it out, I got to make a shout out to the Hunty Bunch. I've never actually said that before. It sounds so dirty. (laughs) No, we're all very kind and loving and caring. The Hunty Bunch. You know, kind of like the Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch. Oh, I like it better now. Okay, I'm on board. (laughs) There you go. All right, so it's... Koopa Club, Orange Lounge Radio, Courthouse, Courthouse, Gameboy.org, Gameboy.org, there it is, uh, and Game Bar, Game Bar, ta-da, Yay! we love all of you, you are all so adorable and talented, which we are not, this has been a great <laughs> episode guys, I'm really glad we did this, mm. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great, <laughs> Cameron, <laughs> alright, uh, hopefully I won't have to host for a very long time again, because... E bye <laughs>